previously on the Simply Human podcast. So kids don't play anymore. They don't do free play. And then one of the consequences of that is they don't develop an aerobic base. They don't develop their heart. They don't develop movement. And then they don't develop their their brain as much because cross-connecting and moving in different ways helps develop the brain. It helps learning. It helps all these things. It's episode 72 of the Simply Human podcast with your host, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it's the return of Kate Galliette, coach and movement expert. We're going to talk to her about shoulder strength and mobility. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment, and Mark Creator, uh, Mark, what am I trying to say, Rick? Mark commits a commits. crime. Good Lord Almighty. Mark commits, not creates a crime. I commit a crime. And we're up over there. Oh, face is a crime. <laughs> and we're up over there. Simply in the week. How are you, Rick? I'm good. How are you? That was a cluster. Okay. That was hilarious. So, this afternoon, we don't have to say exactly what time it was. I didn't do the math. I didn't say, okay, Rick's probably going to wake up at this time or that time, and this, this run is going to take him this time or that long. Yeah. I just had this cosmic sense that one of my, someone close to me, had just done something epic. Was just dying. You felt the disturbance in the force, and you're like, "Oh, Rick might be dead." And I like, I feel like Rick's spirit is near me, and <laughs> hovering over you. And I actually texted you, "Are you alive?" Yes, you did. And what had you just accomplished for the first time in your life? Make a big deal out of this, it but is I. A big deal. This is my last long training run before my marathon. This April, is a big deal. April twelfth. So today I ran twenty miles. Exactly twenty miles. And it was a – get your beeping tool out. It was a real mother <laughs> Oh, don't make me laugh. <laughs> it was like 20 degrees warmer than it had been you know, than at any point in my training so far. And so it was really, really hot. It was about 80 degrees. And so that just – man, that took it, took it right out of me. The longest I'd gone before this was a few weeks ago I did 17. And that wasn't in really great weather, but it was like 40 degrees and yeah, raining. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. So, man – it's just taking in water and is more of a task when you're doing when it's running in the heat and it's, it was just it was miserable. But I'm almost done with this thing. So, well, I you know that that 20 miles is a is an is an epic. I, I know you don't like that word. It, it, that's, a, that's a milestone. That's a big uh, that's a big thing. Well, I think mentally it was is a milestone for me because at that point, like it, that's not that much different than doing 17. I wasn't really right. psyched out about doing 17 miles a couple of weeks ago, but. It's only three miles further, which really isn't that much further. But I think just the the squareness of the number or whatever was yeah. kind of in my head a bit. But I'm you know glad I got it knocked out. And well, now you know you can at least get to the twenty mile mark, and then it's just like whatever, however you can get to the end, you get to God. the end. Yeah. So it was like that for the last three. It was like uh, you know just dragging myself for the last three <laughs> miles. So. Yeah. So and that the one thing is going to really annoy you is when you're at like mile twenty one or when you hit the twenty mile mark. There will be people with signs that say, only 10K to go. You're almost there. And you want I got to punch- a 10K for you right here, pal. Exactly. You want to like walk over with the, re- the remaining energy that you have left. Just, just smash like, the sign over my knee and be like, get out. Just like, get out. Get out. And they're outside. <laughs> <laughs> but you do. And you kind of, you kind of uh, experience this a little bit. After a marathon, I was always very like, like not all there mentally because all the blood rushes out of your brain into your muscles. And well, so like I start, I have like a little running trail that starts maybe about a quarter mile from my house. And so when I'm done, I only, ha- I have a short walk to get home, but I wasn't even sure that I could walk that quarter mile yeah. back to my house. Cause it's kind of uphill. And, uh, you know, I was just, my, my body was very worn out from the heat and from the, from the exertion. And I'm just like basically just crawling into my house <laughs> And it was not. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so uh, congratulations. That's that's big. Well, thank you. Um, I that's have what a, she said. That is what she said. <laughs> that's a big, <laughs> big deal. I'm not so drained mentally that I don't have that level of acuity. I, I have a friend who is uh, who st- started. You, know, you have no friends. <laughs> I have a friend who started from episode one. As like oh. as of like four days ago, and it's so been, Mark Mark in a truck stop bathroom. Yes, and he has been texting me like. Like he's he's really enjoying it, and I'm enjoying like kind of reliving it with him. Like he'll text me stuff like, "Oh man, the the your cousin's story was great," or da da da, da or you know, the Rick the Caveman's ridiculous, or you know, just kind of like it really was the getting, worst thing we did. Back, and, and, like, I want him to be on humans being human, and he was like, "Oh man, I don't know, you've had some pretty good stories," and I was like, "It just has to be funnier than Rick the Caveman." <laughs> 
<laughs> That's the standard. And Such so, a fall flat. Yeah, I thought it was funny. I oh, thought it was funny. Up. So, uh, but it's funny. Like he'll he'll text me things, like reference things that it's been a year and a half since we recorded those early shows. So he'll text me like, "Oh, sour cream," and I'm just like. What? Yep. <laughs> Sour cream, huh? No idea. But I did look, and for anyone that's wondering, you started as the official host on episode 15. Okay. Was your uh-huh. first official? You were on almost every, sh- like half the shows before that in some capacity. Yeah, uh, I was. I did. Uh, <clears throat> a friend of mine, Ruel, uh, has a podcast, Ruel's Running Podcast, and he had me on for, I don't know how he's going to split it up, but like it ended up being like a two hour interview, and we were kind of talking about. The, uh, the genesis of how I ended up on the show and kind of how you brought me into it. And so we were, I was just kind of reliving that a couple of days ago. Yeah. So By the way, it, Ruel's running podcast. You should go listen. Yeah, to let's I'm that, not sure when my interview with him is. It doesn't really matter when mine is with him. Uh, just listen because it's a good show. Well, I'm going to – Ruel's running podcast. I'm going to put uh, a link in the show notes. Yeah, there you go. Um, it's on iTunes and stuff. All right. So uh, let's see. This is the March – 28th show so we did well yeah so march 28th we'll have uh four shows only three shows this month we'll have four next month we have a lot of cool stuff coming up uh paleo effects is next week which uh we've talked at length about next week uh, or next month i'm sorry oh i was like what yeah sorry and uh, kate's gonna be there we talked to her about that in her interview so um let's get to kate and our talk about shoulder mobility um but before we do let's uh, talk about the website. It's simplyhumanlifestyle.com. There are links to the nutrients and skinny fat. Hey, when is uh, this show airing? On the 28th. Oh, okay, cool. Never mind. Okay, one more chance to enter the. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so I didn't mean to cut you off there. Sorry. Go ahead. Fine. Um, and uh, you can find links to the Facebook channel, YouTube, or the Facebook page, YouTube channel, Simply Human Kids page. Um, there are coupon codes, speaking of, to the nutrients and skinny fat. That's a multivitamin and, a, and an oil used for cooking and rubbing all over your body. Um, follow, <laughs> follow me on Twitter and Instagram at simplyhuman52. Rick, I don't know if you noticed this. Squatty Potty followed me on Instagram. Did you see that? That's big news for you. I was. Mark. I saw. I was actually using my Squatty Potty when I was checking my Instagram, and it, I saw that, and I, it made my whole Squatty Potty experience that much better. Now you can just, uh, you know, think all about weird stuff. Here's audio from. You, you can Instagram all your and send them to them. <laughs> Here's audio from that uh, realization. Hey, Jen! Okay, sorry. Uh, no, you're not. You're not sorry at all. <laughs> so you can leave us, <laughs> leave us a review on iTunes to be entered into the March Simply Human t-shirt giveaway-a-thon. Uh, I don't know how many entries there are in March. Uh, there weren't many last I checked. I think there was like four, so you have really good odds. Really good so, odds. Uh, get in there and... Uh, do some stuff to the thing. So there it is. And a thing. Do that. All right. Yeah. So here's Kate. We talked to her today about paleo effects, uh, why kids don't have shoulder issues, the shoulder joint, a shoulder dance, pull-ups and rows, getting the shoulders in the right position, mobility restrictions, Rick does a shoulder workout, YTAs, and bear crawls. Here's Rick. And Kate. <laughs> here's Kate. <laughs> All right, joining us again on the Simple Human Podcast, Kate Galliette. But at this point, you are a—you're just kind of one of the team here. Everyone knows who you are and what your stuff is. We'll we'll promote all your stuff there at the end. Uh, but before we get into shoulder stability and scapular stability, let's just very briefly talk about your Paleo FX stuff because that's coming up uh, next month. Yes, can you believe it's almost here? I know it's crazy. I will be teaching a Unbreakable Body workshop at. Paleo FX and next, let's see, April 24, 25, 26. Yep. I think those are our dates. Um, and be sitting in on a panel or two at the event as well. So anyone who wants to actually do live Unbreakable Body Workshop training and I'll apply all of the principles that we've been talking about on this series of six pillars that we've covered on the podcast, um, I will be teaching and diving in depth on those with folks live in person at Paleo FX. And then we'll go drink tons of coffee and bone broth and Probably eat barbecue because it's Austin, and why not? And ice cream at Gordo's at two in the morning, which is what I did last year. So, so basically, start like um, <laughs> prepping the the be- the body for the intense amount of you know food and flavor that's going to happen. I will say this: Austin is amazing for all the obviously. Austin's amazing for everything. However, my taste buds were so burned out after a week being down there. Like I don't know. Were you there last year? I was down. No, I didn't go last year. But at the end of last year, I was at an offsite for work down there. Oh, okay. And I was so burned out on amazing flavors, I kind of <laughs> wanted to go home and be like, "Can I just have like a protein shake?" Right. Because it's so over the top, amazingly yeah. good that your brain just kind of loses itself. It's like Vegas for your mouth. Yeah. 
<laughs> Austin. That should be a t-shirt. Austin, Vegas for your mouth. Oh, it's you go. so good. Rick, why don't you go to Paleo FX? I'm going to do the Unbreakable Body Workshop with Kate. Why won't you be there? Uh, I have to work. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Uh, you, you know to- what? I've lived in Texas. I was born and raised in Texas, and I've lived in Texas my almost my entire life. I've never spent like any significant time in Austin. I really need to go like yes. next year. My brother lives in Austin. Like I've <laughs> say, but like uh, you know, we should plan on doing Paleo FX next year and go down there and do all like the the hipster things. Like uh, we could put on fake beards and super tight jeans and you know horn rim glasses, and we can really just do Austin Austin. Do style. it right, fit right but in. How is that different from what Mark does right now? Uh, yeah, that's, valid, valid point. That's exactly what I do. <laughs> all right, all right, enough of that. All right, so enough making fun of me. Let's change the subject. <laughs> we have two more pillars left. We're doing shoulders, and then we're going to do the butt. Yep. Um, coming up at some point uh, in probably. In well, the I'm excited about both of those, but I say I'm excited more about shoulders than I am anything else because I have two completely destroyed shoulders, and I know tons of people. That have, I would say, the most common problem that I know among other people that I know are bad shoulders. Uh, I guess it's something that's really easy to screw up, and uh, it's something that uh, you know everyone wanders around with pains in their shoulders. So I'm super, super excited about this. Yeah. Well, so I, I'm yeah, going to jump go in it. right there, actually, yes. if you don't mind. You awesome. said you, everybody you know has shoulder issues. You know yes. who doesn't have shoulder issues? You. No, oh, oh, I don't know. Yes, but no, but but that's not the answer I was looking for. But thank you, thank you for playing. You get a prize. Um, you know who doesn't have shoulder issues is like seven and eight year olds, and even ten year olds, and even fourteen year olds. Kids don't have shoulder issues. You want to know why? Because they use no. their shoulders. Oh, they, well, seriously, you know, maybe not our video game society. It's kind of taken that away a little bit. But kids still play, run, jump, hang, climb, flip, crawl, carry, and do all of those human movement patterns that we were built for. And adults stop doing that because we get the the rigors of the job that we have to go to every day and wear clothing that is tight and conforming and you have to sit over a computer that you round your shoulders in front of and you stop doing the volume of movement that your shoulders are designed for and you start doing more volume of movement patterns like rounding over a computer like most of us are probably doing right now. So if you're doing that, lean back on your chair, pull your head back and then go ahead and keep listening to us. Uh, but yeah, so that's my point. Kids don't have shoulders, shoulder issues. And if like teenagers develop them, it's almost always because it's an overuse thing, like a pitcher in um, baseball or softball. Okay. Yeah. We talked last week to Jim Laird about on episode uh, 71 about right at the end of his interview, specializing in kids and how insane that is. Yes. And that, yes, it's completely insane. And ugh, I'm sure he covered it quite well. So folks go back and listen to that if you haven't already, <laughs> but the shoulder blade is this not just shoulder blade, the shoulder joint is this amazing structure. And you can see when you start to look at the complexity of it, how many actual joints there are within the shoulder joint and how many large and small muscles and tendons and ligaments, which we're not going to get all sciencey on that because honestly, almost everybody's eyes will glaze over, including my own, if we start getting into naming and joints and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to keep it kind of surface level, but in a way that hopefully everyone will understand. When you look at the actual movement of the the anatomical movement of the shoulder joint and how there are actually four different joints that are working together to do something like raising your arm overhead, it looks futuristic. It looks like something a human shouldn't even be evolved to do yet um, because there are multiple joints all moving in a a similar working fashion and they all have to work together. And then there are multiple small muscle joints, uh, muscles working along with those joints. And then of course, ligaments and tendons that are attached to that. This is why shoulder problems are seem to be so uh, prevalent in adult population today because there's a lot happening. And if you start to have one area that's not working as well anymore, and we can get into kind of more details what that actually is, then the rest of the system has to compensate and get smushed together and be lengthened out too far from what it should be. And all of a sudden pain starts showing up. You know what? You know what it's actually like? I'm sure both of you are amazing at this. You know, like salsa dancing or ball. Oh, I'm very amazing. You read my mind, Kate. I knew it. I knew it. I've actually stalked both of you on YouTube and found your videos. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like good salsa dancing or good ballroom dancing or good any kind of dancing other than like the traditional like step side, step left kind of thing. Um, As one partner pulls back, the other one will go forward. And as one foot steps forward for one person, the other person's opposite foot will step forward. And it's this harmony, right? Like it's, it almost looks like one person when they're moving together and flowing. 
Well, your shoulder joint has to do something similar. When you raise your arm up overhead, certain muscles have to lift and pull and other muscles have to lengthen and stretch. And the arm bone has to move and the shoulder blade bone has to move. It all has to work together. And for far too many adults, the dance has turned into a clunky mess or like when one person's had a little bit too much to drink and they're just off half a second on the dance moves, you know? Yeah, half a second. That's all I get off when I've been drinking. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, That's what's happening when our shoulders get out of whack and we start to get injuries. The second part of that is that everybody gets so excited about things like, um, oh gosh, a military pressing with a lot of weight or doing um, a snatch overhead or even doing a handstand. That's a big one these days. People love learning handstands. All of those are super fun and sexy exercises. But if your dance of your shoulders isn't great and smooth and flowing, you're going to have a really hard time and you're setting yourself up for an injury to be on deck and it's only a matter of time before that injury gets up to bat. Does that make some sense, at least as an overview of kind of where we're starting today? Very much so, especially for me. And so what you're saying is my strategy of when I have hurt both of my shoulders to say, man, uh, doing these, you know, doing uh, shoulder press and doing pull-ups, stuff like that hurts my shoulders. I'm going to completely stop doing them because they hurt. That was the wrong strategy is what you meant, is is what uh, you're saying, basically. Well, I, you know, wrong is a judgment in a way. So let's just (laughs) something better. Now you know. Now you'll know better and you'll do better, right? When we know better, we do better. So now you'll know. So that's a common one. You mentioned pull-ups and I see especially my male clients um, faced with this because they want to be able to do lots of pull-ups and totally understandable. Pull-ups are awesome. Women do. They want to get their first pull-up or get their first set of five and they're stuck for the longest time. Well, part of this, you know, there's been numerous videos done about shoulder blade position when you're doing a pull-up, but we don't need to cover that again. Starting from the very beginning, just the mere fact of being able to hang from like a bar or a set of rings or um, the, the jungle gym at your kid's playground where you're practicing your pull-ups, um, the very act of hanging, it integrates into the rotator cuff muscles more. But nobody spends time actually practicing hanging. And we've this has come up before on podcasts. We've talked about, about actually talking about hanging and, and the value of hanging. When we have stronger rotator cuff muscles, they support the entire process of the shoulder joint moving through its range of motion. When we don't have strong rotator cuff, of course, remember, the signal will go to the brain. Hey, pull me up over this bar, up to this bar. Well, okay, we don't have support from the rotator cuff. Who else can we use? Can we use a ligament that isn't meant to actually work as strength, but we're going to put more load onto it? Could we overuse the bicep tendon, which is huge for folks who are trying to get pull-ups and not getting them? They start to do the pull, and the brain again goes, well, we don't have it in the shoulders and in the back muscles yet. Get somebody else. And so you'll start to over-recruit muscle fibers in the bicep tendon. And that's when you start to see pain on the very front of the shoulder. Like if you put your arm down at your side and wear a T-shirt, short sleeve cap would cover the deltoid, pointing right to the very front of that. A lot of people get pain there. And often that's from the bicep tendon getting inflamed. In addition, a more common one is the elbow starts to get inflamed because the attachment of the bicep tendon is also starting to get very unhappy down there. So most people think that, oh, my bicep's all messed up. Well, it's not necessarily that your bicep is messed up. It's that your shoulder blade isn't working as well as it could because the musculature supporting it isn't doing its job yet, and you're trying to jump ahead. So as I've said before, the, one of the very best things you can do is hang more often from anything, from anywhere for extended periods of time. And I would bet a large part of our audience will struggle to hang for 30 full seconds the first time they try it. But that's a first good goal to work towards. Building up to being able to hang for 60 seconds is kind of a standard that um, Ido Portal put in place during his cha- hanging challenge. And I think it's a good metric for folks to use to determine their quality of their grip strength and of, of course translating to their rotator cuff strength too how do you uh factor in or or sort of put in program in like okay hanging but then let's do like a an isometric hold with the chin over the bar and then doing like an eccentric drop like a slow drop is that good like that's a lot of times that's what i do uh to like help people with their pull-up is to do the eccentric motion and try to hold as long as they can at the top in a, in a good position and then drop down slowly That's the trickiest part for folks is the good position part. So good position means shoulder blades pulled back away from the bar and collarbone touching the bar. 
Um, and of course, space between the shoulders and the ears. They're not hunched up into the ears. And very often, I'll have to put a box underneath there for my folks so that they can even find that position. So I knew this would come up. Um, I thought it would come up during rows, but that's okay. We can cover it in pull-ups <laughs> part two because it's the same thing. Yeah. So when people do pull-ups or rows suboptimally, you'll see the shoulder blade kind of rise up and forward. So what I'd like everybody to do is shrug their shoulders up close to their ears, not all the way like you know creepy style, but just up a bit. And then pull the shoulders, the front of them, as far forward as you can. So you basically make like, a, like a, you know those skateboarding half pipes? Make a half pipe with your body and your chest is the concave center and your shoulders make the outer edges of the half pipe. Kelly okay? Sarvet refers to that as douchebag shoulders. Ah, okay. Yeah. Your wording, so, not mine. But no, we'll yeah, go my with wording. that, okay? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so, right. Okay. Those kinds of shoulders, what he said. So <laughs> your half pipe shoulders, okay? You've got that concave center. Often when people go to do a row or a pull up, a variation of this or a level of this will happen. So they're doing that pull to the bar, but the shoulders are making a slight half pipe out of the upper body. And that's not good because that is pinching on the front of where the arm bone and the shoulder blade with that has a little like um curvature, like a hook, a couple of hooks actually on the top. Everything gets smashed in between those two. And that's when you start to see pain on top of your shoulder and like impingement type feelings that are deep inside that shoulder joint that take forever to get rid of. So when you're doing your pull up to the bar, put a box underneath at least initially or use a band, um, although those move around a bunch. Or when you're doing your rows, get to the end point. So the end point is the top up at the bar, right? Or the end point for the row is when you've got the um, hand pulled all the way into the armpit and the elbows squeezed behind you in that rowing position. And then check your shoulders. Are they in any way slightly up and forward? Often they are because the people don't know how to depress and retract the shoulder blade at the same time, which means bringing it down and towards the spine. It tends to say up and towards the front of the body more. So as you do that top position, see if you can find that fully open chest position and having the shoulder blades pulled away from that hollowed out position or that concave position we were just in. And if you can do that, that's a great starting point for an isometric hold. Have you ever have you ever told anyone or like coached people that they can't find that position? I know a lot of times like if you hold fairly heavy like dumbbells or like a farmer's walk sort of a bar that that sort of automatically pulls your shoulders kind of back and down into the position that they're sort of supposed to be in. Is that something that you use at all that that tactic? I haven't used that in particular, but what I will use is having somebody sit on a bench, and I think that one could work just fine too. I'll have somebody sit on a bench, put their hands or, or a chair, put their hands on the chair or the bench, and then with their feet flat on the ground, we're not doing this as an active strength work here, feet are flat on the ground, I'll have them push their butt up off the chair using their arms. Yeah. So they're pushing their arms down into the chair or the bench, and their butt is raising up into the air. And this alone becomes a hard strength exercise for a lot of folks if they've never done it, but it's also a good activation drill before you go do other upper body work to get your brain to start going, ah, yeah, there's those muscles that depress the shoulder blade uh, down and closer towards the spine. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's perfect. It's cool. Basically, you're in the same position, and one yeah. and one you're pushing down, the other one you're. It's the same thing. You're the weight, but the weight is kind of pushing your arms down. Yeah. So, an, an interesting side note to this: one of the I think least helpful things we've done in fitness in the last 25, 30 years or so has been the shoulders down and back cue. So everybody has heard that at least one time: shoulders down, shoulders back. In fact, my mom was a piano teacher, and she would do that to me all the time, which I think was part of my early awareness of posture and trying to fix it. Um, but with that shoulders down and back cue, you end up almost over-depressing the shoulder blades, which reminds me, I have a joke for you guys later on. Do not let us hang up without me telling you a joke. Okay, um, joke. I'm going to make a note over, Yes, side note on that. But it over-depresses the shoulder blades. And what happens then is the shoulder blades stay in that down and depressed kind of down is low, right? So that's our depressed. Retracted is closer to the shoulder blades position. And then when it comes time to raise your arm up overhead from your side with a straight arm position, the shoulder blade doesn't go with it well enough. And so the arm arm bone is going up, shoulder blade's not moving, and it's supposed to. It's kind of like, what are those futuristic cars that have doors that open like, like from the, the bottom up? DeLorean, huh? Sure, yes. Yes. Like a DeLorean, Yes. It's kind of supposed to go like that. Like the shoulder blade's supposed to go with the arm bone as it lifts up, and the collarbone actually goes with it too. If that's not happening though, the musculature that's in between where the arm bone and the shoulder blade and the collarbone is, it gets smashed together. And so, somebody who is always thinking shoulders down and back, shoulders down and back, very military esque posture, they're not allowing for the actual range of motion that the shoulder blade is, is ideally meant to go through to happen. So, instead, instead of trying to always think shoulders down and back and really force that posture to happen, Learn to lift the shoulders up into the ears, rotate them forward, 
glide them up into the ceiling and back down. I've got a video on this that I'm going to give you guys for the show notes to show folks how to do the elevation and protraction and depression and retraction. And this is why I didn't want to do too much sciencey words because people already are going to go, protraction? What elevation? What are we talking about here? Basically, folks, it's the up DeLorean swing of your shoulder blade and arm bone and then closing the doors of the DeLorean to bring it back down. Being able to do that and go through that range of motion is going to make it much easier for your shoulders when it comes time to load them up. You need to do a registered trademark on that, the DeLorean shoulders. That's a really <laughs> powerful – I'm serious. Like for people like me who you start getting all sciency and I start going, oh, what? Like uh, that's a very powerful – like, oh, I understand exactly what you're talking about now with that with that uh, that imagery very well. Sweet. Does that mean I have to pay you a finder's fee? Yes, you do. It does, yes. And me too. I'll pay no, you, in- you get nothing. <laughs> beef jerky. I'll pay you in beef jerky. Hey. <laughs> So, okay. So Rick's mom gets paid in beef jerky. Great. It's really complicated. It's a partnership. What the heck am I supposed to do with this? One of the very first things that everybody, I think, thinks to do is soft tissue work. So many of us, when we go to get a massage, we'll tell the massage therapist, oh, yeah, my upper traps or my levator scapulae, it's a mess. Like, I need you to work on that. And they might be a mess, and it might need work on it. And that's great. We want to make pliable, again, the soft tissue that might be full of trigger points or knots or be too shortened uh, for what its optimal um, length tension relationship is. But the next part of that is to recondition the muscles so that the natural tendency no longer is to shorten those upper shoulder muscles that everybody gets so tense. So in a previous podcast, we were talking about head position and bringing your head back towards the seat on the, um, the car seat when you're driving, right? Right. Uh, so a part of that is when our head drifts forward and takes the vertebrae with it, so it's out in front of us, kind of like when we look too closely at our little rectangles that tell us what's happening on Twitter today. <laughs> um, when that head shifts forward, it's going to take with it the musculature that's attached on the vertebrae of the spine and then wherever else that's attached to. Well, the levator scapulae and the upper traps are two of the muscles that are attached on both. So, of course, if the head is drifting forward, those muscles are going to shorten, and that's going to pull the shoulder blade up closer to the ear than it's supposed to be. And you now are set up for a chronic pattern of overly short muscle in the upper trap and the levator scapulae, and too much tension happening there. And then the repeated pattern repeats itself. As you do every other strength exercise you're doing, you're doing it with that pre-shortened levator scapulae. And then it learns to get stronger and stronger in that dysfunction. So the very first thing we want to do is mobilize that tissue, make it more pliable, get the length back to it. But secondary to that, and more importantly from that, is to learn how to re-strengthen the shoulder joint so that it's stable and strong and is firing with a better movement pattern than the one you were using previously. And I've actually, I've got some take-home exercises for everybody today for that. Awesome. And let me ask you this. Like I had someone approach me here recently and they said um, that they don't have, like they can't lift their arms above their heads. They were in an accident. Um, and, uh, and can't like lift their arms all the way above their head. Um, so like, what, what do you do for people like that, that have like these, these restrictions, these physical restrictions, do you just get them to like their, their in range and just, and just hang out in that in range? Like do some strengthening stuff. What would you say to that? Mm -hmm. I've had a few people like that as well. And it's puzzling and it's, it's something I really ask the person I'm working with when it's that type of situation to just go with me and say that like, we may never get to where we think 100% quote-unquote should be, um, but we're going to get to the best version of whatever you can do. So if the person literally is never going to lift their arms over their head again anyways, great, Let's just that's off the table. Let's get to your best end range that you have and then learn to strengthen with that. And this is one time when learning to strengthen a dysfunction is actually pretty helpful because they aren't going to be able to, let's say, raise their arms overhead. Or I've got somebody right now who cannot straighten their elbow ever. It will always be bent. And so instead of trying to fight that and fight what's never going to change because we've looked at the MRIs, we've looked at the pictures, we've looked at all the stuff that's happened in that elbow or shoulder, and it literally is not going to happen. Um, We then go, okay, great. Well, your new straight or your new overhead is X, and it's whatever degree of reach overhead we can get or it's whatever degree of elbow extension we can get to. And then we learn to make that stronger because if it's not going to be fully straight or fully overhead, that means it is going to be a slightly more unstable joint right off the bat. So I want to get strength into that person's end range position so they can be super duper strong when they're in that position. 
Cool. Yeah, that's good. Um, so like, what are the, and you may be getting to this, but like, so like, okay, let's just start, you're putting somebody, let's say we'll wipe all of the sort of physical restrictions off the table. What are the best things that somebody can do? You have, you have one exercise you have time to do. What is like the best shoulder, uh, workout or movement? And then, and then the second best and kind of that thing. Okay. So it's, there's a lot to cover. So in unbreakable body programming, there's a whole pillar on and a whole section of stuff to start building people up through it. And I, my favorite one that I give to anybody across the board, this is like the cocktail party one where people go, Oh, my shoulders hurt. Which one should I do? This is the easiest one. Anyone can start on. You lay on the floor on your stomach and make a Y with your body. Okay. Okay, Hang so on. I'm going to do the, I'm going to do this while you're saying this because perfect. Hold on, you have to get out of your recliner there. Right? I actually was sitting in a recliner. So screw yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm laying down on my stomach. Yes, lay on your stomach. Make your arms into an uppercase Y position, or I guess a lowercase too. Doesn't matter. Um, so you're in a Y position, yeah. Yes. Make your elbows totally straight. Have your forehead facing the floor, not resting on the floor, but facing it. Okay. And from there, lift your arms up as high as you possibly can from the ground and hold them there. Okay. Okay. Look up. Are your elbows completely locked straight, or did they bend as you lift it up? They're locked. Perfect. <laughs> Okay, good. So a very common, keep holding while we're talking, please. Um, So a very common mistake people will make is one, either they won't be able to raise their arms off the floor and a lot of people listening will go, yeah, right. Of course, everybody can do that. No, no, I'm telling you. People have weak shoulders. I have clients who, when they started, could not raise their arms off the floor uh, without using their fingertips to try to help them actually lift the weight of the arm bone. So the first mistake people will make is to bend their elbows because they're going to shorten the lever of the arm to try to make it easier for the shoulder to work. And it's not conscious they're doing it. That's why I have you look up after you've lifted to see if you've actually lifted correctly. Okay. Um, Bend that arm. And then they'll start to use their bicep to try to assist. So we don't want to have that happen. So you're going to lock your elbows out. And in terms of distance from the head, if you were to take a right angle, so straight out your top of your head would be the top of the right angle and straight out your ear would be the other part of making the right angle, you right. would be more narrow than 45 degrees, not as narrow as 25. So let's call it 30. You'd be at 30 degrees. Do some quick maths on your angles there, okay? okay. And you're lifting up and holding. Thumbs are facing up to the ceiling. That's the second one. So a lot of folks will try to go, ooh, it's easier if I turn my arms inward with the thumbs turning in towards the floor. Well, of course, that's easier because that lets you go into internal rotation. That lets you go back to those D-bag shoulders that we were talking about earlier. <laughs> um, that's an easy position because you can cheat and kind of use more of your pec and use the front of your neck muscles and use your bicep more to do the actual lift in the hold. So make sure your thumbs are facing to the ceiling. Rick, are your arms still up? Yes, they are. Are they really high off the floor? Could we fit an iPhone underneath them? Oh, yeah. They're, yeah. I don't know, Rick. You seem kind of out of breath initially. Now you're not. I think you put your arms down. Well, I put them down briefly because I was, you know, this is, uh, we're engaging a core quite a bit as well here. But, like, they're pretty high off the ground. I would say they're, like, a foot off the ground. Awesome. I would like a foot off the ground. That would be great. That's the third area that people struggle on. They'll lift their arms up, but they're not lifting as high as they actually can. And so often I'll take my own hand or my phone or some tool and put it underneath their hands and say, don't let your hands drop down onto this tool, implement whatever I've got here. And they really have to squeeze and stay lifted. This is an amazing exercise for everything that's on the upper back part of that musculature that we're talking about today. So back of the neck muscles, upper traps. The back of the you know uh, rotator cuff attachments, the um, where the shoulder blade is coming up, you've got musculature running through the mid trap. And again, we're not going to get all crazy sciency here, but you've got musculature running down across that shoulder blade and underneath it and onto the humeral head of the sh- of the arm bone. You're all, you're strengthening all of that through an isometric position. And so, if that muscle musculature can learn to hold for long duration, you've got more opportunity for what it can do. If you've got muscles that fail after five seconds. You don't have a lot of ch- lot of time to do work with your shoulders before they're going to cash out. So if you want to go do some handstands or some military presses, you really don't have a lot of seconds before the rest of the supportive muscles are like, eh, we're done. Can we use somebody else like the neck or the bicep to do this work? And in time, that will happen. Rick, you can relax if you were still doing it. Just, just so I can, uh, you. So the arm, like when you're doing that particular exercise, you said you want your your arms like at a thirty degree angle, not quite forty five, but kind of flatter yeah. than that. Yep. Uh huh. Not quite. Always, and you're when you bring your arms up off the ground, you want your thumbs pointed towards the ceiling. You said, right? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, okay. we call those up at the, or the ACU Strength and Conditioning Program calls those YTAs, and I, that's that's probably not in it, just exclusive to that. That's kind of what they're known. So you do like a Y, then you do a T, then you internally rotate and do like an A. 
right? And you do like holds at each hmm. at each and level. So YTAs. There's a specific one, but a lot of people have seen YTIs or YTAs on a stability ball where you're laying face on a stability ball. And I like being on the floor so much better because there's less room for screwing up the exercise. So a lot of people will do stability ball, YT, whatever, like shoulder position stuff, like what we were just doing. And they'll hyperextend their back to try to brace against the ball and puff their belly out. So they're doing all of this suboptimal movement pattern stuff already when they're raising their arms. And Rick made a good point. He's like, there's a lot of core activation happening going on here and probably even some back activation like farther down the chain that he might have been feeling. We want that muscle synergistic like relationship to be happening because, again, it's a dance. We want your brain to know, hey, I'm laying face down. I've got to lift these arms off the ground. Hey, also, could we stabilize the spine as we do this and use these muscles to do it and have it actually use the right muscles and have them all work in harmony so that we aren't setting ourselves up for that one time where we do pick something out out ahead of us and it's heavy and we go, oh, and we tweak our back because we picked something out that was too far out ahead of us and our brain couldn't handle it. I know a lot of us have been there in that situation and we want to prevent that in the future. Awesome. Well, it's where you talk about, uh, you know, how the different parts of your body, they all need to work in harmony towards each other. And I'm kind of coming towards like a bit of an epiphany here. A lot of people have lower back pain. That's a pretty common thing in American society is, you know, getting your, you know, optimal shoulder movement and stuff like that. That plays into overall back health, does it not? It absolutely does, Rick, because the, the brain is always getting the signal and sending stuff back out. And so over time, if you learn to start recruiting shoulder muscles and not also stabilizing your pelvis, you're going to run into problems because along that chain from the pelvis up to the shoulder, somebody is going to have to do more work than they're supposed to and somebody else is doing less work than they're supposed to. And that relationship of the muscles always needs to be in as close to harmony as possible unless you are somebody like a pitcher who always throws with their left arm and obviously will not throw with their right arm. Then, and you're making money doing it, great. Let's leave you with all your dysfunction because that actually makes you a better athlete. Us normal folks who aren't getting paid to use our body to play sports, we want to be harmonized. We want to have bodies that are durable. And they're not going to be durable if you've got one or several muscles that are over-recruiting and several other muscles that are under-recruiting. That leads to joint instability, and that's part of what we're talking about here today. If the muscles on like the front of the shoulder, like the pecs, are too tight and the muscles on the back, like the mid-traps and the lower traps, are too weak, you're going to have shoulder dysfunction. It's not even a question. And so that's kind of what we're talking about here with these exercises, which are you ready to hear the second one? This is one of my favorites. Yes, let's do it. Yes. We're going to play like an animal on the floor, and we're going to do a bear crawl. I want to do this again. Well, I don't have a lot of room for a bear crawl, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try to go with you here. All right, I'm on the you floor. You can do it in place. You can okay. have no more than a three-by-three three space because I did this when I was moving house recently and was literally out of workout space other than a three-foot-by-three-foot three foot space. Okay. So if you were to get on all fours on the floor, like on your hands and on your knees with your toes kind of tucked under, ready to lift you up and hold you. Okay. The first thing that people mess up when they do their bear crawls is their shoulder position. So don't even raise up into a bear crawl, which if you're new and you don't know bear crawls, it's hands and toes kind of walking around and your knees are bent near to the floor or up really high if you're doing a different version of a bear crawl. Ours will be near to the floor. The very first thing that people mess up is their shoulder position. So with hands and knees and toes all on the floor, take your shoulder blades and push them as far away from each other as you possibly can as you push your spine to the ceiling. Almost like you're making a rounding position, or in yoga they call it a cat, I believe, um, of your shoulders. Okay. Okay. Once you've done that, do the complete opposite. So sink your torso and spine downward so that your shoulder blades are coming together and literally bring it to where your shoulder blades, can you can feel them touching each other because you've sunk your torso down so far. Ah, yes. That's a hard one. Then find the happy medium between those two. Okay. Okay. So it's probably like a flat back at that point, right? It's yeah, I, was, not- I was about to say, I would say this is probably flat, pretty yeah. flat. Okay, perfect. That's your new starting point. From there, you're going to push the floor away so that you raise through the torso just a little bit more and bring the knees off the ground. So it's almost like you're an elevator that just went up like a quarter of a floor. You didn't even make it to the next floor yet. All right? Yeah. So we're a little bit less than flat now. We're, we're slightly rounded in the upper back, just slightly. And our knees are now off the floor, but they're in a bent position. So they're staying very close to the floor. Right. Then using the smallest movements possible, as small as an ant, move forward two steps with right arm and left leg moving at the same time. And then left arm and right leg moving at the same time. And then do the same, move backwards two steps again. And if you only have a small amount of space, you'll use that teeny tiny space to go... Two tiny steps forward, two tiny steps back. 
Oh, this is a workout for ants. Get it? It's from a movie. Sorry. Always, always, always move opposite arm and leg. Okay? People get confused and they'll start to do same side movement. We want quadrupedal. So that means we want right arm always moving with left leg. And you want little tiny small steps no matter how much space you got for this one. Okay. Oh, I, think, I think I hear a bear moving around back there. I'm not sure. I but yes. doing this. I hear some so, noises. This <laughs> <laughs> this drill going forward and backwards is a great trainer for the stabilizers of the shoulders and it makes you pretty tired if you haven't tried these before start with just 10 of them and you'll see how quickly your arms get tired and you get a burn in your quadriceps and even your shoulders really start to fatigue quickly because they're not used to holding up your body weight like that sweet okay we are we are running out of time so was there any other any other exercises you were going to? Oh, that's, I'm glad we got to that one. That one's my favorite, favorite one. Right, okay, we have to finish with my joke. Can okay. We, yeah, I was going to say, I want to hear your joke. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, what happened to the scapula on the rainy day? Hmm. I don't know. What happened to the scapula on the rainy day? <laughs> he got depressed. Ah, oh, that is good. Oh, okay. Though that just made—I mean, honestly—I've been waiting all day to give that to you guys. So now my day is complete. It is complete now. You, and you can just great cash and it in. Uh, move my shoulders as well. And I hope our audience will do so too. And I'm going to shoot that video over to you guys so you can include it in the show notes. And yes. I hope to see everybody with me and Mark down at PaleoFX. Yes, team. yeah, super excited about that. Register—it's just PaleoFX.com, and there's all the registration stuff. I already have my ticket. I'm just going to be hanging out this year, uh, as our audience already knows. Uh, I was denied uh, this year uh, for some reason. Uh, but anyway, I, it'll be fun to just kind of not have any sort of requirements or uh, obligations. I can just go hang out and eat all of the buffalo bars that I can possibly eat. Just keep like putting on different clothes and going by the same booth, like Fake getting mustache. more samples. Fake yeah, glass, Groucho yeah. glasses and mustache. <laughs> I'm here nice. for more samples of the buffalo bar. Okay, awesome. Well, Kate, we are going to do the bottom, uh, the gluteus maximus, and other... Uh, muscles that are in the rear end um coming up I'm very excited about rear end talk by the way well so you can tell and i also am getting very excited already so we will have <laughs> quite, the, quite the butt party that there sounds we go. awful but but yes it does it does it sounds really <laughs> bad yeah it's yes, right right yes, up my alley <laughs> mark's gonna have a thousand mom jokes when we do yeah. that so i can't <laughs> wait awesome all right kate well, we'll talk to you soon uh looking forward to seeing those links okay bye all right bye kate day. how you too bye you're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. All right. Thank you, Kate. Uh, her her website, fitforreallife.com, uh, will be in the show notes. And also uh, that, that shoulder video that she mentioned, she, had sent to, she has sent it to me. And I will have that YouTube link in the show notes as well. Um, and we're going to have her one more time on to talk about the bottom. And then we're going to continue having Kate on because I just feel Which, like... by the way, you're going to be completely insufferable during that entire interview. By <laughs> yes. The way. We're going to just call so that episode. So everyone prepare for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and we're going to continue having Kate on. She she likes coming on the show. We love having her on, and so we're just going to continue finding topics to, to talk about. So, I, th- um, I think there's a, like a high like embarrassment factor for her. Like when you say something uh, wholly inappropriate that most people like can kind of roll with. I think she kind of like it short circuits her a little yeah. bit. I think it's very funny because you'll do like a that's what she said joke, and she's like, oh, okay, well if that's the kind of joke that you want to make as a grown man. Yeah, right. <laughs> she's like, you said that, I didn't. Yeah. All right, it's now time for the Humans Being Human segment. And this is a story that I have been uh, waiting to tell Rick for many, many weeks. So here is uh, here's my story. Okay, this has been very difficult for me to not share the story with you. Well, we talked about on the last episode that our, the, the dynamics of our friendship have changed slightly because <laughs> one of us will have something very funny happen to us, but we don't want to tell the other one because we want to save it for the show. And so this is a sh- a story you've been teasing. For I'm like not a, kidding. For like, for like a month. three weeks, yeah. at least at three weeks or a month. So okay. So I'm gonna try to. This kind of. A, wait, By the so, way, if this story sucks, then <laughs> I know this is gonna blow up in your it face. It won't. Oh well, it might. It okay. So this is gonna be. I'm gonna tell you the story. So put your humans being human hat on, and then also have your Rick's cop corner hat handy because at the end I'm of this, I'm already wearing both of those hats at the same time. We're, we're going. What to, do you do? We're going to transition immediately from the story to a Rick's cop corner. <laughs> just, it's gonna be you asking for me to like compost your bond. So, so uh, long story short, I'm, I'm a in prison. Felon now, yeah. and I can't go within a thousand feet of a school. <laughs> okay, so this was like a, a several weeks ago. I, 
And I can't remember the circumstances. Either I was going out of town or Jen was going out of town the next, the, like that weekend. So on a Thursday night, her mom was in town or something. So we went to go see. They, they were like re-released American Sniper or something at the Mall of Abilene. Okay. And... <clears throat> Site of the first date with my wife. By oh, the I'm sorry. That, that's why I said that because we had already talked about the Mall of Abilene. This was at the the Cinemark across. Oh well, across the street. story ruined. I know. Go, sorry. Idiot. So this is the Cinemark. I'm sorry. Well. So we go and it's like a, this re-release of the thing, and so I didn't realize it was re-release or something. There was some like event around it where there was like a, way more people there than there normally are. Normally, there's like one person in line. At You've got a real good handle on this story so far, Mark. I don't know what happened. I can't remember what happened. I've had three weeks to tell this, figure out the story. I can't remember anything. It's been a long I can't time. Any of the parts of the story. I know. At the time of the story, I didn't know what was going on. Like I don't. I didn't realize like that there was like some sort of a big, big event surrounding this movie thing. I just, I, you know, the Cinemark and Abilene. There's like one person there ever. <laughs> so against Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's like this big long line. It's and it's a very typical Abilene windy day, right? Yeah. So I'm standing in line, Jen and I are standing in line. We stand in line for, I don't know, it, you know, it's like long lines always end up taking like two minutes. Like, it's never that long. We, you look at the super, I'm not waiting in this. And like, before, by the time that sentence is done, you're already at the front of the line. Yeah. So we wait in line, buy like two tickets, which is ridiculous how much movie tickets are. We won't get into that. Well, this, like, as soon as like I'm ready to like, I kind of turn to like, make sure Jen is like, you know, following me and I open the door for whatever. Like this gust of wind kind of tornadoes through like this <laughs> little, the little corner of the, of the, you know, the, the door is in the box office. And one of the tickets, like, kind of flies out. I have one in each hand, and one of them flew out of my hand. Well, it was very obvious what had happened. Like, I dropped the ticket. Well, it, like, it blew up and kind of, like, pressed up against this woman standing in line holding a natural grocer's bag. Oh, and maybe so, she knows you. Exactly. So my, she my, asked for your autograph? My, my first thought was, ah, an ally. A natural grocery. It's a, it's a grocery store in Abilene. It's a kind of like a, a smaller like Whole Foods or something. So I'm like, oh good, we we have something in common. This is gonna be a piece of cake. I'm just gonna, you know, I I didn't think it through. I just you know kind of walked up to her and sort of like kind of smiled, and she was like, yes, excuse me. Where on her body is the ticket? It, it's like okay, so she's holding the bag like like cross like her arms crossed over it. You know what I mean? And it kind of like pressed up against like her arm or something and she just like... So it's not like resting on her boob or anything. <laughs> right, right. No, she like has it in her hand at this point. Okay. And I'm like, I, you know, just sort of like smile and put my hand out and she's like, yeah, what, you know, like basically like what can I do for you? Excuse me. And I was like, oh, it's, I dropped the ticket. And everyone in line saw what happened. And she's like, I don't see your name on it. And I was just kind of like, <laughs> you know, just kind of like the, the cordial, like, okay, she has to be, <laughs> she has to be joking. Funny lady and I gave me the ticket. She walks out of line and walks in to the to the movie theater. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> and I'm and I'm looking around. People are just like like looking at me like you're are you kidding me? That seriously just happened? And I was just like okay. And like before I could even react, she was in the theater and like gone through the thing. So I'm like, I, and so okay. Being a, a enjoy Did the employees see this? No, I guess not. So the enjoy life part of me is like okay, just relax about this. But the, the move like a human part would be like kicking her in the face. Yeah. So we wait in line again, and I'm and I'm like just I'm starting to boil about this, right? And Jen is I like, can imagine. Jen is already starting to say like, "Hey, just for who cares? Calm down." And, and I'm like, "It's the principle of the thing. Like that's just like that's just no, no, rude." No, no, no. I'm gonna rule in your favor on this, and okay. not Jen's. Okay. And normally, I feel like you're an unreasonable person. <laughs> like, uh, no, 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 no. I would have. Uh, I feel like at that moment, I would have either got into like a huge f bomb face screaming match with her. Or I would have followed her in, and when she tried to get the ticket, like, hey, I need a manager. She did not pay for well, this ticket. Like, I all... dropped this ticket. She picked it up, and she's trying to get in here. Yeah. I want my ticket back, and I would have thrown a huge fit. It all but happened. movie tickets are like eight bucks. It all happened so fast. Like, bef- like from the time that I realized it wasn't it wasn't a joke to it was real. Like, she was already, like, gone, and I was just, okay. So, we, anyway, we stand in line. We, we buy the other ticket, and I'm just, like, fuming. And, I, and I'm just, I, I won't stop about it. And Jen is starting to get irritated at me. So that, of course, is, that is what she'll do on you yeah. when you do that. <laughs> yeah. So we're sitting. We like we we, had, we come in. We're a little bit late. Like the the lights are off because the 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 previews have already started. And we sit kind of like I don't know, not right in the middle of an aisle, not on the end, kind of like in the 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 quarter of the aisle. I don't know if you call it that. So like I'm just like I cannot believe that. Like, can you believe like this? You know, and I'm like texting uh, my brothers about it. Like, can you believe this? And so like people are like kind of shushing me. So, <laughs> over the course of I don't know the first thirty minutes of the movie, I I, I I haven't even watched the movie. I'm so upset about this. Well, I I happen to look down at one point, 
and I see like I don't know four or five seats down the natural grocer's back like the lady's sitting like on our our our, our row <laughs> and I'm like there she is the freaking you know and I'm just and people are Shh. And I've got my phone out, and then like you know, people are like, "Put your phone." You know, like, I'm ruining the this. So date. you're doing a classic Mark Rogers yes. response, the yes. Mark Rogers spaghetti response. Right, <laughs> exactly. So Jen, Jen is getting to the point where she she doesn't really like those kind of movies anyway. They make her sad, and, and like yeah, there's like it's a, not exactly the feel good movie. Yeah, in the summer. exactly. So it was my idea to go to it. I'm sitting here ruining it. So. <laughs> So at one point I, I look down, I keep looking down there, and she's just like, "Drop it, drop it, whatever." Well, I look down, and the lady gets up to like, I don't know, go to the bathroom or something, and she and she like leaves in the middle um, of the movie. Mark Rogers. And she and the bag is there, and I'm like, "I don't style to take that bag." And Jen is like, "Oh, don't be an idiot, blah blah blah." So I'm like talking about it, like, "That shit, she's probably going to, I don't know, I'm just making up some horrible thing, like eat a bunch of donuts or something." I don't know. So yeah, that's terrible, yeah. man. You're really so mean. <laughs> <laughs> she has such her tie wasn't knotted correctly that's an inside joke I'm sorry okay yes, I know. so Jen is, has reached her boiling point she, <laughs> the keys are in her purse she says I'm going to the car and before I can even react to that she gets up and she leaves walks over me to the aisle and she is gone well I'm not even like I'm, so, I'm still so mad I don't even and by I, the way at this point you've blown ballpark like $24 on movie tickets yeah. you bought three $8 movie right. tickets for two people right so you're just about to flush basically a quarter of a hundred dollars. Just <laughs> might as well just taking it and throwing it out in the wind. But I'm gonna get something out of this, Rick. Okay. So I look down, and she's still not back, and I get up and I'm gonna walk out the other way. And as I go past her seat, I took the bag. I took the bag. I didn't. I, it was a. It was an instinct. I didn't know what I was gonna do with it. I. I, I wasn't thinking this through. Oh, I took the bag, and I, <laughs> and so and Jen has no idea that I have the bag at this point. <laughs> she's gone. This is like the guy who, uh, like the the big time drug dealer, will find out he's got a problem when he's got like a million dollars, but like can't put it in the bank, right. can't spend it, can't do anything with it. It's completely <laughs> worth nothing if you can't spend it. Or like the art thief who steals a Picasso and like no one wants to buy it. Well, I guess I'll just put it in the basement. Yeah. Like you have this natural grocer's bag. And you're yeah. like, I don't yeah. know. That. Well, we'll get to that. So I, I, you know, I'm obviously not looking in the bag at this point. So I'm, I'm carrying the bag out, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, the adrenaline is going. I'm in full fight or flight stress response. Like I am, like my thing, my arm, my, my hands are shaking. So I, you know, I'm walking through, and Jen's already like out the, out the door. Well, I see her like standing in line at the, at the concession stand. And there's like there's a there's people like between us, right? Like it's not just an empty lobby. Yeah. And she and I kind of make eye contact with her, and she looks over at me, and I I kind of like hold the back. <laughs> and she so goes, "Your life has become you're George Costanza. You, your life has become an episode of Seinfeld." And she goes, "Hey, that's my bag." And I'm like, "And I please said, tell me you said." It I don't doesn't see your name on it. It doesn't have your name on it. And I just like <laughs> and I just Oh, what a stupid idiot. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. So I run out the door, I get in the truck, and Jen is sitting in the passenger seat, and she's like gape mouthed, like sees that I have taken the bag. She like can't <laughs> believe it. So so here's so here's the question. Rick's cup corner. A one, could I could I be held liable for oh, yeah. theft, oh, yeah. or and can I be held liable if the contents of the bag were illegal? Oh, if the contents were illegal, like if you picked up a natural grocer natural grocer's bag for spite, and it turned out to be like a kilo of heroin inside. Because I looked in the bag at this point. I think like I'd probably be as the responding policeman. I'd be like, I try to unravel all this. I mean, it's not called ownership of drugs; it's called possession of drugs. So you still might take the right on it, but. Uh, I didn't say it was drugs. I know. I'm just saying if it's something illegal, like a Cuban. Well, I guess Cuban cigars aren't illegal. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it was something that's illegal inside the bag, I probably would have been like, as the responding policeman really tried to get to the bottom of it. And once I found out that you just stole the bag, <laughs> instead of knowing, what, man, I don't know. That's so, a real hit. So I put I put the what, contents. What? What's the What's the? You gotta tell me what the contents are. Okay, I'll tell you. It was a big pile of bullshit. Just like this whole story, April Fools! <laughs> this is what I've been waiting three weeks to hear. 
<laughs> oh, it hurts so bad. My rib is still broken. <laughs> it's all worth it. You're in pain. Okay. Go F, go F yourself. <laughs> I got you. April Fool's. Okay, by the way, I can totally imagine this whole story happening to you because you're such an unreasonable person. Well, okay. The I, taking of the natural grocer's bag, that is in like, you, like oh, written my on your DNA as a member of the Rogers family. Because I was like, no, that's got to be something he learned from his dad or his uncle, right? Oh, okay. So that was that was it. So that's humans being human. Okay, and we're gonna talk. Yeah. Anyway, uh, time <laughs> travel time. Idiot. That was it. <laughs> All right, Rick. I have a confession to make. Um, I did not come up with that story. Nor did I was gonna I... ask you who came up with that story. Guess, guess. Who is one of our most loyal listeners? He's been on the show. There's a picture of him on our Facebook page. The Glenn. Glenn. He emailed me. Glenn, he emailed me that. Son of a bitch. <laughs> he emailed me well like. Well done, Glenn. That's actually really good. No, you, listen. You had me all the way in. Well, listen. So he That's emails me. He emails me that story, like at the beginning of March, and says this is for Mark only. Like he didn't, you know, in case I did like forward it to you or something. And so I read this story. Well, like he even he, at the beginning he even says like this is not a real story. This is something. Well, I like kind of skimmed through that part. And I'm like reading the story. Thinking like, it's the yeah, greatest so he, humans being human story ever. So I'm like jaw dropped open like, no way, did he take it? Oh my gosh, what's in the bag? You know. And if you'll notice, if you go back and listen, the, the whole key to that is you asking what was in the bag. And that's trying to think through that. I, oh yeah, trying to figure out how you're going to prompt me to ask so, what was in right. the bag. So that's how I came up with the Rick's Cop Corner, the illegal, we dumped it all out. I was just sort of, and then like you started to say it, and I was like, I started to interrupt you, and I was like, wait, what? What did you say? And then you're like, well, what, what was in it? And then that was what, that was the whole point was me trying to get you to ask. Because if, if I had to say like, Lord, why aren't you going to ask what's in the bag? <laughs> then it kind of ruins it. So. Well, I must say, kudos to you. Even bigger kudos to Glenn. Well, that was uh, that was actually a very funny story. And Mark originally uh, was going to ruin it for everyone. And in the introduction of the sh- like the title of the show, be like, I tell Rick a fake story for humans being human, <laughs> and like introing the humans being human segment, being like, and in this segment, I tell a story that isn't real. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. we want to get everybody here, not just me. I don't want to be the only idiot here. It's like, oh, tell me what was in the back. <laughs> so we all got, you all got pranked. You all got April. Fa- Facebook, yeah, Facebook us if it got you. And uh, and the reason that I had to do the April Fool's joke on the twenty eighth is because our next show is on the seventh, and then it'll be over. So this is getting you in the that April. Makes sense. F- You're closest to April first. Yeah, this is getting. By you the way, in my April wedding first. anniversary. Happy. Uh, she. I know she doesn't listen, but happy anniversary, wife. The, today's man. The twenty eighth. No, April 1st is ours. Oh, that's right. Oh, I knew that. So, it's our almost, friend. you know, 10 years, eh? We can talk about this off air, but I'm going to have lunch with our friend who has uh, that same birthday on his birthday. So Really? Yes, we can talk about that later. Yeah, let's um, do that. Okay, so it is now time for the same tip of the week. I hope, sorry, and I hope I didn't, uh, you know. We have derailed for like 15 minutes talking again about humans being human. Here's our tip. Yeah, so sorry about making, sorry if I'm, <laughs> sorry. I'm really on with those today. Here's our tip. Oh, that was perfect. (laughs) Here's our tip. That's our motto now. Here's my tip, and then here's Rick's tip. Uh, And we're going to put them together. uh, We're going to put. We're going to touch our tips together. No, we're not going to do that at all. That is a terrible idea. (laughs) Okay, golly, my stupid rib. Okay, so this is like the worst. (laughs) Like the worst thing to do is like hosting like a podcast that makes you laugh when you have like a rib injury. Okay. So something you should host, tip, you should host the diabetes podcast, <laughs> Dr. George Titsworth. <laughs> coming soon. Uh, so coming up, or Dad Gavit, it is now time for the simply tip of the week. Something you could do today to be a more healthy human, and it's going to be something that Kate said, and I think we've actually already done this one, but it it's it's kind of like squat a lot. Like you can't do that enough, like because it's such a an, it's so absent from our daily life. So hang is the thing. So hang for shoulder mobility and see how long you can hang. Hang for t- if you can hang for two seconds, hang for ten seconds, and then the next time try to hang for twelve and fifteen or for a minute. Uh, your goal should be to try to at least get up to where you're you're hanging for like a minute. That's uh, it's not just completely killing you. That's for shoulder mobility. That's also for grip strength. Grip I was just gonna say like I noticed like an uptick in my grip strength because last time we talked to Kate and she suggested I do this. I started doing it, and I've kind of fallen off a little bit, but uh, I've noticed that my grip was getting stronger, it, and that was what was inhibiting me from holding on. I was doing about a minute, and it, it you know, wasn't like killing me at the end, but it was, oh, I don't want to be done with this, but it was my grip that was uh, 
not right. allowing me to do that, but it's got stronger over time very, pretty quickly. Yeah. So. And we are designed to have fairly strong grips by using our hands and our extensors and our, our flexors and our wrists and all that. And we just don't do that very much anymore. We, we have all these things around us that do all that work for us. So our hands are, you know, like that, you don't have that solid handshake grip like a man, uh, is what you should have. So, mm. um, something like that. Okay. Hmm. Well, I think uh, I think I think that's a show. Uh, that was episode seventy-two. Thank you uh, for listening. Coming up next time, uh, we've got some some experts on stress coming up. We have um, someone coming up that I'm not really sure how to pronounce her name. And uh, so don't talk. So don't, not, don't screw it up. <laughs> I'm not going to say it, uh, but she'll be on soon. We're going to interview her. Uh, she's in a couple days. Uh, so lots of cool stuff coming up in April, and we're going to have our listener question show in like the, on May seventh. I'm going to just put that down. May seventh okay, is going to be when we're going to answer listener questions. So if you have some, email them to simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. The website is simplyhumanlifestyle.com. There are links to everything you need to know there. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at simplyhuman. 52. Please leave us a review, good or bad, because any publicity is good publicity. Thank you for making us part of your day. I know there's a lot of options out there, uh, and we always appreciate it. Uh, also, if you leave a review on iTunes, you'll be entered into the March, your last chance to be entered in the March Simply Human T-shirt giveaway-a-thon. Um, Rick, anything else from you that you can think of? That is all that I have. All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember... Okay, I'll tell you. It was a big pile of bullshit. Just like this whole story, April Fools! <laughs>